You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Isaiah chapter number 61, I want to read three verses here. You can also turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. And what we'll do is we'll read these, I'll, I'll, I'll have everybody stand for these first three verses, then we'll pray, and then I want to read Luke 4, verses 16 through 21 as well this morning. So if you'd stand with me, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, the prophet Isaiah, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you'd bless the preaching of your word. Lord, we're just men. Lord, we're just flesh, and we know that. Jesus Christ said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. Lord, if there's any work that's going to be done today, it's not going to be through my voice. It's not going to be through my efforts. It's not going to be through the listening abilities, Lord, of the folks here. Though my voice is needed and their listening is needed, it's going to be a result of the Spirit of God working in hearts. And we pray and we plead with you this morning that you would work in hearts as only you do. Lord, we sing that song, I Know Not How the Spirit Moves convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the word, creating faith in him. But we trust that you'll do that very thing again this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you, you, you may be seated. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 4 as well. Jesus Christ went to the synagogue one day, and the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 verse 16 that the Son of God himself stood up and read a part of the scriptures that we just read this morning in the book of Isaiah. The Bible says in Luke 4 verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and, I like this next phrase, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue. It helps some of you, amen, to have a custom of going to church every time the doors are open, amen. And the Bible said here, he, he, uh, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, you've got you've to get the picture. Christ, there's a synagogue full of Jewish men here, there, and he stands up as Jewish men would, and, and he begins to read an Old Testament passage as they would, but he's speaking with authority. And the Son of God, who is the author of Isaiah chapter number 61, verse 1, is reading this in a different way than any man had ever stood up and read a passage of Scripture. And the Bible said, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This wasn't Brother Ruckman reading this me. This is God in the flesh saying me. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach deliverance to the captives. Do we need? I'm turned on. 
I'm sorry. I, somebody help me. I need help, amen. One of you uh, young fellows that know where, where this, every church I go to, they have a different button turned on. Do I need to reread the text, amen? <laughs> all right, amen, all right. I apologize, amen. I go to churches, sometimes I think the guys in the sound booth are really happy because they're waving up there and like, woo. And then I was trying to get my attention to tell me, hey, you're not turned on, so we're turned on now. All right, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, amen. All right, so, so, so uh, here the Lord is saying he, he sent me to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty. Watch this. He, he sent me to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He stopped right in the middle of reading. He did not finish. There's three verses in Isaiah 61 before the sentence is finished. He didn't finish the sentence. He stopped. The Bible said he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes, man, I like this. The eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. He's sitting down now. He's read only a part of it. And the reason he didn't read the rest of it is because the rest of it has to do with what he's going to do when he comes the second time. Amen. There was no application to the first coming in the second half of that uh, passage of scripture. But he read that first half, said, I'm here to preach deliverance to the captive. I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. And he sat down. He closed the book. And he's sitting there and everybody's looking at him. And he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And he declared to that whole crowd on that day, I'm the one Isaiah was talking about, and I'm here to set the captive free. I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to declare liberty, to proclaim liberty to those that are bound in sin. And that's what I want to preach on this morning. I want to preach on a proclamation of liberty. A proclamation of liberty. We can't help but think about tomorrow being uh, the holiday where we celebrate our liberty as a nation. Uh, and, and, and as our Sunday school teacher took us so, I was like, what is he doing? Amen. Started at Genesis 1, and then we got people coming down across North America and to South America. And I'm like, where is he going with this, man? It was tremendous the way he brought all that about. Amen. But listen, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is July the 4th, 2022. Tomorrow we celebrate Independence Day. And we'll celebrate the day that we as a nation were liberated from the tyranny of King George III and Britain. Our founding father delegates of the Second Continental Congress declared that they declared, I like it, amen, they proclaimed that the 13 colonies were no longer subject or subordinate to the monarch of Britain, and we declared that we were now free and united and independent states, and we became a free nation. Tomorrow we'll celebrate the 246th birthday of our country, which was birthed in liberty. We, 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 I mean, tomorrow, 246 years later, we're still celebrating that liberty. Some of us go out to fireworks shows. We'll have picnics. We'll have parades. I hope to go wet a fishing hook in some water. Amen. And we're going to have a good time tomorrow celebrating our liberty. We're celebrating by being in church this morning. Amen. That we have the freedom and the liberty to go to the church of our choice and worship the God. Amen. That we believe. Amen. We have that freedom. There are millions and billions around the world this morning that do not have the freedom that you and I have and enjoy. And so we think about the idea of liberty. Uh, liberty was enshrined within the Declaration of Independence. It was enshrined in the Constitution. It was enshrined in the Bill of Rights. The Declaration of Independence states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, 
that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our nation is a nation of laws that grant liberty because liberty, listen, as Pastor so aptly said this morning, liberty is a gift from God to be stewarded. Amen. Thank God we have a nation that recognizes that liberty is an unalienable right. Amen. And so, listen, the idea of liberty and justice for all is in our Pledge of Allegiance. Amen. We use those words. We have a statue in New York Harbor that we call the Statue of Liberty. We have a bell in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania that we call the Liberty Bell. And on that bell, there's a portion of Leviticus 25, verse number 10, engraved in that bell that says, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land and all the inhabitants thereof. Our national anthem, uh, we sing, Oh say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free? Amen. That's liberty, amen. If you're enjoying freedom, it's because you have liberty, and we thank God for that. We sing, oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand, amen. These are things we sing about. We sang, my country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. I'm telling you, the idea of liberty is enshrined within our republic, and we thank God for that. We sing, our Father's God to thee, author of liberty, we understand where liberty comes from. We sing in America the beautiful. We just sang it just a few moments ago. Oh, beautiful for pilgrim feet whose stern and passion stress a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. Amen. Aren't you glad we're not a divided country? Amen. And by that I mean half the country is free to worship God and half the country is not. Aren't you thankful that liberty is from sea to shining sea? Thank God for that. Amen. We sing, God mend thine every flaw, confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. These are things we sing about. Fast forward in time, January 1st, 1863, two years into a civil war. There were a lot of people in this country that were not free men. This country had the blight of slavery upon this country. Two years into the Civil War, January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which changed the legal status with the, with the, the signature of a pen. It changed the legal status of three and a half million African Americans who were slaves in the secessionist Confederate states. Unfortunately, did not free the slaves in the northern part, just in the southern part. And that's the truth, amen. But three, and, and so with, with that signature, theoretically they were free. And they were told, if you can get out and get up here, if you can help us fight, amen, you're free. But three years later, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery completely forever in the United States of America. Man, this, is, this country's had some flaws, but thank God over time, those flaws are correct. We just corrected another flaw, by the way, this past week, amen. A sin against God, amen. With all this abortion and this baby murdering that's going on, thank God that was overturned. And you say, well, I'm not sure how I think about that. Well, talk to me after the service, amen. We'll spend the afternoon at Texas Roadhouse together, amen. And we'll talk about it. You can buy my lunch and we'll talk about it, amen. All right, but listen to what I'm saying. Man, I mean, all the, can you imagine being a slave, and all of a sudden you're free. You go from serving someone that who it's not your choice to serve them, it's not your choice to be there, you're here, and, and all of a sudden you're free. The idea of freedom. I can't tell you how many people historically lost their lives trying to get to freedom. How many lost their lives or injured trying to help others get to freedom during that terrible time in our nation's history. 
fast forward in time. Again, I'm just giving you three examples of liberty before we get to preaching this morning. Fast forward in time to the end of World War II. The Allied soldiers began entering German concentration camps where Jews and so many others had been held captive and tortured and put to death at the hand of the Axis powers. And what was the beginning of a nightmare for Allied soldiers as they saw the conditions of these prisoners, it was a dream come true for the prisoners. Man, they'd been in there. They'd suffered so long and so terribly. Men, men that went in to liberate these prisoners, they were shocked. They were appalled at the conditions of what had gone on, at the smell of death. And people lived through that. There came a day when those gates were opened and those people experienced liberty. There's something about experience liberty. There's something about experiencing freedom. To man, I'm free. I can do what I want, where I want. I can go what I want. I can say what I want. I can think what I want. I'm free. Amen. Something about that. And after the liberation of these prisoners, they're liberated, free from prison, free from bondage, free from inhuman treatment, from forced labor, freedom, freedom. I want to tell you, I don't care where people live in the world, people yearn for freedom. They yearn, as it says on the Statue of Liberty, they yearn to breathe free. I have missionary friends that come from certain Middle, uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries where women are forced in some of these Middle Eastern countries to dress in a certain fashion and to live in a certain way. And they'll talk about getting on Turkish airlines and flying out of some of these countries and getting an hour out of that country. And all of a sudden, all the, all the religious garb comes off, amen, and they start dressing Western and they start acting different. And he said, but when they go back, he said they have to put it all back on before they land in that country. You know why? Because they have a yearning to breathe free, amen. Liberty is, is not just an ideal, it's not just an ideology, it's something that people desire, it's something people want. So with that, just thinking about liberty and freedom in our minds this morning, uh, I just want to take the time to say, and, and we're going to get in the message here in just a moment, but I want to just take the time to say I want to thank God for the nation that we're born in, amen, uh, that loves liberty and that loves liberating others, amen. I love my country, I love my country. Uh, I, I love that statue. I've been there several times. The Statue of Liberty out there in New York Harbor uh, saying, bring me your tired and your poor and your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. We're a nation of immigrants, amen. Uh, and and uh, we came here from other countries. And I'm telling you, this is, I'm going to tell you right now, you may like it or not, but this is the best place. This is the last bastion of freedom on this planet, amen. And I, I don't know about you, but I love this country. And I'm not trying to be political this morning. God knows my heart. I'm not trying to turn anybody off this morning at all. But I'm just simply saying, if you don't love our country, amen, the boats are still sailing and the planes are still flying, amen. I love our country, amen. I love the United States of America. I love this country. I would give my life for this country. I love my country, amen. And so I thank God for that. But this morning, having laid that as an introduction, I want to preach about a different kind of liberty this morning that we enjoy as a nation. And I'm not going to preach about physical liberty. I'm not going to preach about political liberty. I'm not going to preach about financial liberty. You have Dave Ramsey courses that do that. Amen, all right? But we're going to preach about spiritual and eternal liberty this morning. And, and here in our text, the Lord Jesus Christ stands up and says, I want you all to know that this prophecy is fulfilled right here and right now. I'm the man that's fulfilling this. I'm here to preach Liberty. I'm here to preach deliverance. I'm here to
to break the chains of those that are bound. He wasn't talking about a political. He wasn't talking about a physical liberty. He was talking about a spiritual and then eternal liberty as he said that. And so I want to preach on the proclamation of liberty. I'll give you three points. I know a bunch of you are tired from driving back across the country. And so I'm going to try my best to keep you awake. But you got to do your best to stay awake. All right now. And uh, you, could, you can fall asleep tonight. Amen. All right. But not while I'm preaching this morning. All right. And, and so but listen. Uh, let me just give you my first point. Liberty. Spiritual liberty. Some of you, some of you are here this morning and you need spiritual liberty. You need eternal liberty. Liberty will free you from the slavery of sin. It, I'm telling you, you're here this morning. There's folks here this morning. If you'll turn quickly over to John chapter number 8. Jesus said in John chapter 8, and I think it's right around verse number 32. As I turn there myself, John 8 and verse number 32. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's speaking here to a more religious crowd. But he says in verse number 32, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And, and then in verse 34, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now, Jesus Christ was the manifestation of truth. That's why he could say this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He's the manifestation of truth. So if you know me, you know freedom. If you know me, you know liberty. But whoso committeth sin is the servant of sin. There's some of you here this morning lost and saved. I'm not just preaching to lost people, preaching to saved people too. There's some of you this morning... You're in bondage to sin this morning. You know, sin starts out, man, it's so fun. It feels so good. There's so much pleasure associated with it. But can I tell you, you get on the backside of sin and the fun's not there anymore. And the pleasure's not there anymore. And what at one time you controlled in your life, that very thing now controls you. You've become a slave. You've become an addict to sin. And sin is a hard taskmaster. Sin is a terrible Horrible taskmaster. And so we find that those that are enslaved to sin, they're in bondage. They're in great bondage. You may be here this morning, and there may be some that's on the front side, and you're saying, oh, man, I'm just free to sin. And I, one day you're going to realize there's a backside to that story. There's a, there, there's a closing chapter to that book. Amen. The wages of sin is death. That's the closing chapter to that book. Amen. The soul that sinneth it shall die. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. There is a bondage that comes along with sin. The truth were known this morning. There, there could be folks in here, a crowd this size, folks that are in bondage and slavery to lust, to liquor, to drugs, to anger, to jealousy, to bitterness. And it controls you. And you feel like you can't change and some of you may feel like you're down in this hole of no hope where you're getting farther and farther into whether it's drunkenness or some, what we would call some overt sin or whether it's some covert sin on the inside of anger and jealousy and bitterness. And it's all wrapped up in there. And you can't have freedom and you can't have liberty from it. What you one time enjoyed, now you endure. What you one time took pleasure in, now, man, you are a pitiful mess and you know it. Listen, listen, some of you are in bondage to what you one time did or what you one time said or what you one time thought many years ago and you're in bondage today and you can't quit thinking about it. Sometimes it makes you angry and it makes you bitter. Can I tell you this morning, there's hope for you this day, today. There's hope for you. If you came in here addicted to sin, I'm talking about saved or lost. You can walk out of here with freedom. 
you can walk out of here with liberty. Either, either she was right when she sung that song about chains being broken. Either God can break every yoke of sin or he can't. Either God is right or he's wrong. I believe he's right. And I believe he tells the truth. And I believe that God can break every yoke. I believe that God can break every chain. I believe God can give victory in your life over sin. Amen. But whoso committeth sin just remains in slavery to sin. You can be freed this morning. God, God's going to give you an opportunity, invitation time. You don't have to wait the invitation. You come down now. God will give you an opportunity, amen, to get saved or get right with him this morning. You don't have to keep living that way, amen. There's deliverance for you, man. God's sitting there saying, man, I want to deliver you. I want to rescue you. I want to save you. You could have that this morning. What about that? There are folks here. Uh, you know, I got thinking about I wasn't going to preach on this this morning. We was coming home last night, and it was getting later in the evening. We stopped by Watertown. And this is going to sound strange to some of you, but I like McDonald's. Some of you don't like McDonald's. I like McDonald's. I still do, amen. And I want, man, before I go back to Africa, I want a Big Mac and fries. Pulled into water. You say, that's not healthy. You worry about your health, amen, all right? Do I look like I'm overweight? Amen, all right. So I got a Big Mac and fries. If we could have supersized them, I would have, amen. But the lady that was passing them out, she was marred. I'm talking about a young lady. She couldn't have been 18 or 19 years old. I don't know that I've seen a young lady that marred and that scarred by sin in a long time. What kind of marks on her body, what kind of piercings, cuttings on her arm. I didn't even notice the cuttings of my wife as we pulled away. She said, we got we to give the next lady a gospel tract to give back to that girl. She said, man, you see all the cuts on her arms. There are people that are in, 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 in our town, maybe, I hope not in here, but maybe in here, you're addicted to sin. You're addicted to things. You're trying to, you're trying to find your way out through cutting and marring and scarring your body. You're trying to find out the purpose of your life. Why am I here? What am I doing? You're trying all these things out. Trying to find out where you fit in society. Then there's stress and there's turmoil. And you turn to the wrong places. We had a girl sitting over at Falls International. And it broke my heart. She sat in the office, 23 years old. And she looked at me and she said, I've not held back my body from any man for anything. She said, I'm 23 years old, I have four babies, lost two babies, have another one on the way. She said, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Some of you, are look, you're looking to the wrong places. You're looking to the wrong things. And the more you try to find freedom in something or something, you find more bondage. And you find more bondage. I told that young lady there at McDonald's, I said, man, I hope you have a good weekend. And she looked at me and you could see it in her eyes. She said, I, I really hope I do too. And you could tell, man, she's lost. She's, I mean, she has lost her way and she needs hope. Listen, you may be like that this morning. You may be here. You may not have all the marring and scarring. You may not have all the marks, but you've lost hope. On the inside, there's hope for you this morning. Amen. Amen. The more you do it, the more you want to do it. Sin is highly addictive. What started as pleasure is turned into prison. I already said it. What, one time you controlled, now controls you. And, 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 and listen to me. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, God wants to deliver you today. He does. He says, come now to the lost and to the saved. Come now. 
Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sin be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's talking about a man that's lost, amen, and having, having his sins cleansed, white as snow. Then he said, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's talking about a saved person, amen, who's went and dirtied their garment, amen, and dirtied that righteousness that Christ has given us, amen. And he said, man, if you'll just come and confess your sin, you can be forgiven. There's some of you this morning, maybe you're saved a long time, maybe you've been in this church or another church, and you're backslidden, and you know you're backslidden, and you're too proud to admit you're backslidden, and you're too proud. Can I tell you this morning, you can come down to an altar. And you could just humble yourself before God. And next Sunday morning you could walk in here with a smile on your face. And you wouldn't have to have guilt in your conscience, guilt in your heart. And you wouldn't have to have that voice saying, you're not right. You know, you're not right. You need to get right. You could be free from all of that this morning. It's only a prayer away. It's only an act of faith away. Just, man, hey, look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Why does it say faithful? Because we sin more than one time. And on the hundredth time, he is still as faithful as he was on the first time. Amen. Unless some high falutin Pharisee stands up and says, well, I'll tell you right now, God can't forgive that person. You don't know what that person did. Can I tell you, the Bible went on to say he's just. Amen. He's faithful and just. <laughs> Nobody's going to look at God and say it's unjust that you forgave that backslider. Amen. It's unjust that you saved that sinner. Lord, you don't know what that sinner did. Can I just tell you? He'll free you from bondage this morning. If you're here and in bondage, he'll free you. Hey, he'll free you from the burden that comes along with it. There's a bondage, but there's a burden. There's some of you coming this morning, truth be known, your shoulders are weighted down with burdens. Your shoulders are weighted down with guilt. Some of you, because you've never been saved. If you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress, I love that part where Pilgrim's Progress comes up to Calvary and that burden's getting bigger and bigger because the sin weight is getting heavier and heavier. But when he gets to the cross, amen, and when he acknowledges and when he accepts the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, amen, burdens are lifted at Calvary. I'm feeling pretty good right now, amen. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, amen. He'll take the bondage. He'll take the burden. Here's what he said. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. Are you heavy laden this morning? Are, are you laden with sin? Are you laden with the guilt that comes with sin? Some of you got a guilty conscience. Some of you can't sleep. But you say, how do you know? Because I've been there. Amen. Before and after salvation. I've been there. And you can't sleep at night. Amen. And your mind's wandering and all this guilt's flowing through there. Can I tell you? Uh, man, all you got to do is come confess to the Lord. Amen. Get right with the Lord. He'll forgive you. If you're not saved, he'll save you. Amen. You can walk out of here saved. You can walk out of here right with God and back on track, filled with the whole. You say, man, I've been backslidden for a long time, and I can't walk out of here filled with the Spirit of God. If you're forgiven of your sin, you're filled with the Spirit, according to that Bible. Amen. You can walk out of here as filled with the, 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 as, uh, as filled with the Spirit of God as Pastor Jed is. Amen. God's not a respecter of persons. Amen. If you're here and you're weighted down with can I tell you this? You're weighted down with sin, he'll take that burden, he'll take that bondage. Can I tell you this, he'll take the baggage too. Some of you say, man, you don't, Brother Upman, that's all nice for you to say. You're a missionary to Africa. You was raised in a Christian home. But you don't know the baggage that comes with me. Can I tell you, God knows the baggage. You know, there's, there's grief associated with bondage. There's guilt associated with that burden. Some of you, you're thinking, man, it's, it's gone. My life's over. There's too much baggage. I, I can't write it now. I've done so many wrongs that I can't write it. Hey, just do this little exercise with me. Breathe in, everybody. Breathe out. Are you still alive? There's still grace for you. It can be righted. Because Jesus died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood for your sins. There's some of you, truth be known, in an audience this size, there's some of you 
Your sins may have waited on you so much and there's so much baggage and you, you're so much absorbed into your past and the guilt and the baggage that you can't see a future. And you've thought about ending it. I mean, seriously, you've thought about ending your life. Can I tell you, you don't have to end your life. Jesus, his life was already ended for you. He suffered and died for you. The wages of sin is death, but he's already paid the price in full. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He's already died for your sins. Why are you going to die because of a guilty conscience? Why are you going to die because you can't get past? Quit looking at your past and look at what Christ did for you. Amen. And some of you, you say, well, I'm saved and I'm forgiven and I still struggle with my past. David said my sin's ever before me. Every time you think about your past sin and your past failure, you need to exercise your mind to go to Calvary and to the bloodshed of Jesus Christ and realize that his blood cleanseth away all sin for all time, forever. Amen. There's no qualifier. Well, this sin doesn't, he won't cleanse this sin. He won't cleanse, he'll cleanse all sin. I'm telling you, you could, you could be free this morning. You could come down here this morning and get free from that sin. Can I just tell you this? I, because I got to move. Uh, can I tell you this? Liberty will free you from the slavery of sin. It'll also free you from the servitude of self-righteousness. You see, some of us were enslaved to sin. And other of us, we're enslaved to self-righteousness. We walk into a church service like this. We make sure that our tie's just right. Our microphone's on, amen. Our suit coat's pulled, everything's just right. Your ladies got your dress just right. Come in here, got our perfume on, we smell right. Or our cologne, got our hair done right, teeth brushed. I mean, we fixed our face. I mean, we look good coming in church. Man, we're doing everything by the book, just like you're supposed to do it. And we're here this morning. But some of you are doing all that stuff and you're here this morning because you think one more church service, that'll get me saved. And just another step in that process. One more, one more. If I do one more good work for one more person, man, that adds in that process. Can I tell you there's people all around the world this morning enslaved to religion, enslaved to self-righteousness. Jesus Christ was looking at the Jews, the Pharisees, when he said, whoso committed sins, a servant of sin. And he said, but you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He's talking to religious people right there. Amen. Can I tell you, there are people all around your world this morning that are turning prayer wheels this morning trying to get to heaven. They are enslaved to a prayer wheel. Some in this town are enslaved to beads that they pray to Mary and they have to turn every one of those beads and turn those beads and turn those beads and touch those beads and turn those beads. And there's some, they've got to get their baby in at just the right time and get that baby baptized. We've got to follow this rule and we've got to follow that law and we've got to do this right and we've got to do that right. Can I tell you the problem with all of that? We get, I mean, some people are addicted to sin. Some people are addicted to self-righteousness. They really are. And so they're a prisoner of religion trying to perform a right. But there's a problem with their righteousness. Because just like that rich young ruler that came to Jesus Christ, and he said, good master, what may I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, thou knowest the commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit it. He said, all these have I kept from, thy, from my youth. And Jesus said one thing thou lackest. Brother Heath, that's the problem right there. Because there's not a person in the world that's self-righteous, that's religious, that doesn't have at least one thing they lack. Amen. Jesus said if you broke the law, there's ten points to the Mosaic law. Jesus said if you broke just one point, if you keep the whole law, nine points of it, and you're breaking one point, you're guilty of all. If I had a pencil this morning, and I love using this illustration, it wouldn't matter if I was told not to break the pencil, if I broke it in one piece or ten pieces, I still broke the pencil. You've broken the law of God, and because you're a lawbreaker, you say, but I'm living a lot better than that guy that's marred and scarred. And I'm living a lot better than that lady who's prostituted herself. And I'm living a lot better than that. Can I tell you, the end 
of sin, whether it's one or whether it's a million, is still death. It's still hellfire. That's the end. The wages of sin is death. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. Twice the book of Proverbs said there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. I walked into a church 17 years. My father was the pastor of our independent Baptist church. I walked into a church 17 years leading the singing up here. Behind, I'm talking about the pulpit leading the singing, even doing some preaching, but I was lost. I was trusting my self-righteousness. I was trusting the salvation experience of my parents, amen, to save me. That's not going to cut it, friend. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, this day, he wants that scripture to be fulfilled in your ears, amen. He'd like to free, you know, just, just, as, just as much bondage as the sinner finds themselves in, that self-righteous person finds themselves in. We flew into here last week, and man, who, who is more self-righteous than Jewish people? I mean, they're trying, I mean, Romans 10, the apostle Paul says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record, they have a zeal, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of Christ's righteousness, have gone about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted to the righteousness of Christ. For Christ is the end of the law. What you're trying to do and do and do and do, you can't ever, you just can't ever quite get it done. But Christ already got it done 2,000 years ago on Calvary. And I'm telling you, all you've got to do to finish the transaction is come down here this morning and say, Lord, I'll accept you as my Savior. Amen. Paul said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. There's nobody here that was as religious as the Apostle Paul before he got saved. He said, as touching the law, I was blameless. I, I, Brother Gabe, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, Jesus said, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said. Because they, had, when it comes to human living, they had the tops. And even they couldn't make it. Your righteousness had to exceed theirs. Our righteousness, all filthy rags in the eyes of God. Filthiness, it's filthy rags. But Jesus' righteousness, man, he met that bar. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned one time. Truly, he was a righteous man. And the Bible said, he who knew no sin was made sin for you. That we might be made, not that we have to earn the righteousness of the law, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you this morning that I'm trying to proclaim liberty. If you're here and you've lost your way in sin, you can be delivered this morning. There's a lady that came down here last week and got delivered. Amen. A few months ago, preaching a Muslim man walked forward, couldn't hardly walk, in a long robe down. And he just come out. I wasn't the first time I saw him. He come out of the aisle just walking down, wanted to get saved. Didn't understand it that morning. The next Sunday he came, he understood it. He got saved. He got delivered from religion. This is a man that's tried a cult. He's tried a religion. He's tried everything he could to get to heaven and found out they didn't have to try anymore. Amen. It's already been finished. Jesus Christ, you know, the leader of every religion on this planet has had to come to a place in their life where they say, I am finished. Amen. But Jesus didn't say, I am finished. Amen. He said, it is finished. The work of redemption is complete. Your salvation, your deliverance, your rescue from sin has been bought. You can be saved today. Lastly, lastly this morning, liberty, it'll free you from the slavery of sin. It'll free you from the servitude of self-righteousness. But also, and I have to make this point, I hate to make this point, but I got to make this point. It'll free you from suffering in hell. Do you understand this morning again? Uh, you know, maybe some people wonder, hey, Brother Rutman, why do you go to Africa? Pastor Jet, why'd you move your family from Oklahoma to South Dakota? It's a little warmer in Oklahoma, praise God, amen. Some of y'all say we like it cold. That's all right, amen. My boys love it cold. They were born here. They were born with frozen brains, amen. <laughs> 
I like it a little warmer. Amen. We got a lot warmer. You say, but, but, but why would he come here? Why would his family move here? Why would Brother Doug Henry's go out to the prison every week? A lot of people show up and go on visitation. I mean, why do they do all this stuff? Can I tell you why? Because as we sit this morning in an air-conditioned church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, July 3rd, 2022, and we're all dressed up, and we're trying to keep the temperature just right, and trying to keep just comfortable, there is a place right now that's burning. Hell is still on fire. When people die lost, that's where they go. And none of us in this room, I don't care how young you are, none of us are getting younger, we're getting older. Every day we're getting closer to that appointed place that unrepentant sinners go to. Revelation 21.8 said that the fearful, the word fearful means the cowardly, those that are too cowardly to accept Jesus Christ because of the peer pressure of their friends. What will they think if I go forward? What will the community think if I go forward and get saved? The fearful, the unbelieving, those that just say that's too simple. That, uh, that's just, you can't get saved that easy. Man, can I tell you, Jesus did it all, amen. And it is that easy. It is that simple. You say, oh, I heard a preacher, independent Baptist preacher one time preached on salvation's hard. I'm like, man, I don't know what Bible he's reading, amen. The last time I checked, it wasn't hard, amen. It, unless you're struggling with pride and just don't want to admit you're a sinner and need a Savior, amen. It's not hard to get saved. You come down here, I'm telling you, you come down here this morning. Truth is, if you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you were sorry for your sin and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, can I tell you, before you even hit the altar and ask him to save you, he'd save you. Yeah. How do you know that? Because the Bible said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the very next verse says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? <laughs> and the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That moment, hey, Peter was preaching at Cornelius' house. And, the, and, and Peter, in rehearsing that, he said, While I was yet speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on them. You know why? Because in that moment, those men believed that there was a man named Jesus who was the Son of God who died for their sins, was buried, and rose again. And they got saved. Hey, some of y'all, if I could just throw this in as a side note, some of y'all maybe here doubting your salvation this morning. I had a young man from this church one time come to me. He was doubting salvation. He said, Brother, can I talk to him? Doubting myself. I said, Yes, sir, let's talk. And he said, Man, I struggle with doubt. I struggle with doubt. I said, What do you struggle with? He said, Well, I can't remember exactly how I said it. I said, Man, it's not, it's not, it's not a recipe in how you say words. Yeah, but I mean, I did this, and then I went out to this retreat and got saved again. I went over here and got saved. I said, Hold on, come back tomorrow, I'll give you something. I went that afternoon, and I got 220 verses out of the New Testament of our Bible that says, Therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He that believeth shall be saved. And man, I gave him those and he came back 24 hours later after reading those and said, Brother Upman, I know I'm saved. Amen. I said, how do you know? He said, I got the word of God on it. Amen. Man, I, man, I don't remember what I said, but I, I know there's faith in my heart. I believe. Can I tell you, God's not playing hide and seek with salvation. Amen. God's not saying, well, you got to say it this way, do that. Can I tell you, he wants you to be saved so bad. He died for you. He don't want you to suffer in hell. You know what hell is? You say, what is hell? Hell is God's prison house for sin. Never intended for man to go to hell. It was created for the devil and his angels. It was created for those rebellious angels. They rebelled against God, and this is where they'll spend eternity. But man rebelled against God as well. And the wages of sin has to be death. And the soul that sinneth has to die. It's, it's, it's not just God's penalty for sin, it's God's punishment for sinners. When a man dies in unrepentant sin, never having accepted Jesus Christ, or a woman dies never having accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you cannot go to heaven. I know people die and they say, well, so-and-so's in a better place. Can I tell you, if they were not saved, they are not in a better place. You say, you really believe that. I can't believe you're saying that. 
this is why, man, this is why I'm in Africa. This is why I'm spending my life because there is a hell and people go there and they die. And if we don't go tell them about Christ, they will die and go to hell. It's real. Yesterday, there's a new missionary family that's moving to Ghana. And he contacted me some while back and we're trying to help him through the process of getting moved to Ghana. They won't be where we are. They'll be in a different region, but we're try- they've, they've not been there. We're trying to help them. I've sent them all kind of information to try to help them get to Ghana, show them what they need to do, kind of the ropes you got to hop over, the hoops you got to go through, all this kind of stuff. His wife called me yesterday, yesterday morning, and said, hey, uh, we have a question about the COVID test. And I said, what's your question? She said, well, it says right here, you know, if you're vaccinated, then you don't have to have the test. But if you're not vaccinated, you have the test. And I'm like, not vaccinated? What do you mean not vaccinated? The requirement in Ghana is you have to be vaccinated to go to Ghana right now. And whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, I mean, it's just that, that's, you can't get there without being vaccinated. You have to have that. And I said, why, why are you looking at the requirements for unvaccinated? She said, we're not vaccinated. I said, when does your flight leave? She said, midnight Sunday night, tonight. I said, you guys aren't vaccinated? She said, no. I said, you guys can't go. And she's like, no, man. I mean, every day on Facebook, it's been a 10-day countdown, nine-day eight-day. Man, my heart broke for him. I said, you, man, I am so sorry. I assumed that you guys knew that when you started asking me questions. You've had, you have, I asked you about vaccination. Had your yellow fever vaccine? I just never thought to ask about the COVID vaccine. And he did call around the, the airport yesterday, and I talked to him last night coming back, and t- he's trying to figure it all out. He don't want to have to cancel the flight. And I said, brother, cancel the flight. They will let you get on your plane in South Carolina and go to New York City because that's domestic. But when you get to New York City, that's international. And they will stop you. They'll let you check in. You'll have all your luggage checked through. And at the gate, you will have to show COVID. And if you don't show that, you can't go. He said, brother, we can't show it. I said, you can't go. It don't matter how bad they want to go. And they want to go to Ghana tonight at midnight. But they can't. They can't go because the requirement has not been fulfilled. And Ghana a corrupt country as it is, they're not going to bend that right now. They're, there's too much international, but they're not bending that. They can't go. Can I tell you, you can be here this morning and you can say, I want to go to heaven so bad. And I want to be in heaven so bad. And I, I mean, I want to, man, when I die, it'll be so much better. I, can I tell you, if you've never been saved, you cannot go to heaven. It doesn't matter how bad you want to go and how sincere you are and how much you desire and how much you think you love God. If you've never repented of your sin, if I could, if I could get maybe a couple guys, pull three chairs here together. I want to give an illustration. I'm going to be done. Uh, just pull three chairs together real quickly. I know our time is short here. I want to be done right at noon. Uh, pull three chairs right up here in the front. But, but, but I want to try to illustrate something to you that I hope will help you. And I'm not trying to make a spectacle of myself and say, look at this illustration. But I want you guys to get this because I think sometimes people don't get it. When we talk about trusting in Christ, when I was a kid, I'd always hear, I'd always hear the story of, you know, the preacher would come and say, well, if you're trusting in Christ alone, you know, you got to sit in the chair, you got to throw your feet up and you're trusting in Christ and all that. But here's where I'm afraid a lot of people are today. I'm afraid somewhere we've missed something. Here, here, here's, here's the sinner that we preached about, in slavery to sin. And he wants to be saved, but he's not sorry for his sin. He says, I want, and this chair represents salvation. And preacher, if you don't mind, can I step on these with my shoes on? All right. And so, so here's the sinner, and the sinner's in this left chair. And, and, and he's living in sin, he's in bondage to sin, and he can't free himself from sin. And the more he tries to free himself from sin, he can't. And it just becomes this hole of no hope in his mind. And then he hears that Jesus died, and he's like, well, man, I can, and some people preach a, a wrong gospel. I'm like, well, you can, you can acknowledge Jesus as your Savior and keep living in sin, you know. And, and there's, no, there's 
no sorrow for sin. They want like this, this, this way to heaven that says you can have all your sin and have heaven too. And that's not how it works, amen. You got to be willing. You can't quit sin. None of us can quit sin. We don't have the, that's why we're in slavery to sin. But Christ is saying, look, if you're sorry for your sin, if you're here at the East High Baptist Church this morning and you're sorry for your sin and you want to be saved, you just, need, you just need to step into Christ alone. You just need to get out of that. Just, 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 you say, I can't get out of it on my own. Just ask Christ to get you out. Place your faith and trust in Christ alone. Man, the Bible preaches repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got you've to be willing to turn away from your sin, to turn to the Savior. You can't be going both at the same time. You just need to be saved. But truth of the matter is, there's other people here this morning, and they're in the chair of self-righteousness. And I meet people like this every day of my life in Ghana. And I say, man, are you trusting in Christ to go down? Oh, yeah, I'm trusting in Christ. You believe the gospel? I'm, yes. You, you believe you're a sinner? Oh, I'm a sinner. I'm not that bad of a sinner, but I'm a sinner. And I don't deserve to go to hell. But Jesus is my Savior. And I say, well, 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 tell me a little more about Jesus being your Savior. How did you get saved? Well, I trusted in him, and I got baptized, and I'm a member of this church, and I do this. And I say, okay, forget about all that other stuff. How about you? Well, you can't just trust in Christ alone. Can I tell you, as sure as that sinner has to be sorry for his sin, Paul said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And he said, I had to count all things but dung that I might win Christ. He had to step into Christ alone. He had to place his faith and trust in Christ alone. You're here this morning, and you're willing to turn from your sin, turn from your self-righteousness, and trust in Christ alone. Can I tell you, we're going to have an invitation. Our brother Madden's going to come and start singing right now. We're going to have an invitation right now. If you're here and you've never been saved, you come down here this morning and get saved. You could walk in here a sinner, and you can walk out of here saved on your way to heaven. You could walk in here marred and scarred by sin, carrying the guilt of sin and the grief of sin. But you can walk out of here guilt-free, amen. I mean, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You can be saved this morning. And for those that are over here, you say, well, I'm not a bad sinner. There's no such thing as a good sinner. You're still a sinner. And you need to turn away from that self-righteousness and place your faith and trust in Christ alone. And can I tell you, the moment you do that... That's it. You're saved. Church, you don't have to doubt it. You don't have to want it. The moment you do that, you're eternally saved, born again, secure in Christ. You're given a position. You're given a place. You're given a palace. You get it all when you get Christ. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. What about you? Are you saved? We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.